The apocalypse is here. Welcome to the end of the world. So, welcome to Lost in the Source. I am your host, Lola, and this is probably the fourth take I've done of this episode. Um, I just, the other ones were just, I don't know. I wasn't feeling them. Let's just say that I wasn't feeling them. Um, So yeah, I've been gone for a minute. I feel like I always do this. I disappear for a few months and then I'm back like, hey, I'm back. Um, This time, why was I gone? I was gone mainly because of uni um I took a break last year for summer and then immediately after summer classes started so it just made sense at the time to put a pause on my podcast um today I don't know like I was gonna talk about my uni experience but I don't know how like interesting that is really um there's a lot of nonsense going on in the world I didn't really want to talk about that but then I don't know. Well, let's just play this episode by ear and (laughs) whatever happens, happens. Um, I will release something. So yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of shit is going on in the world. Don't need to really go too much in depth. I think we can all see what's going on around us. 2020 refuses to let us live and just let us have a good time. Um, 2020 is really on our backs. My God it's a lot. (laughs) Like, it's just a lot. Um, There have been murder hornets, there have been uh, pandemic, well, we are still in a pandemic. Uh, Black people are still being murdered. Um, Ebola's back. Um, What else is going on? Oh, aliens. Apparently, uh, we don't know if they're aliens, but definitely unidentified objects in the sky. That's a thing. Um, our governments are still doing what they've been doing. Um, so yeah, it's just it's just been a lot. Um, so Black Lives Matter, I mean, that's not even something I really feel like I have to say, right? But Black Lives do matter. And um, the tech companies have really latched onto this, you know, banners and, and, and free software for people helping black people or just black people and I mean that's all well and good except it just all feels fake (laughs) the tech company is notoriously racist um and prejudiced in many other ways too and I just kind of feel like I don't really care about having a free product because I'm black I want to be able to work at your company and not have to like quit because of the sheer amount of fucking racism (laughs) like and I've had to do that so you know I who gives a shit about you donating your disgusting blood money and you know having a banner that says black lives matter when in reality black lives do not matter in your workplace and also like sure like there is some there is something to be said about um 
the black corporate world or navigating the corporate world as a black person but we're talking about people being murdered here we are talking about people being murdered here not only are we talking about people being murdered but we're also talking about the ways technology in particular facilitates those murders like black lives matter but you have customers who use your products to harm black people or uh people of ethnic minorities and anyway that's a whole nother that's a whole nother thing and I kind of wanted this space to be like free of the bullshit but I don't know man the bullshit doesn't stop the bullshit doesn't leave you alone 2020 is proof of that um so yeah that's that's happening Twitter's really really loud these days lots of white people arguing about the term master branch and blacklist and whitelist and I, I mean use lot no I I did English lit and creative writing I I love language um and if you've been following me on my other Twitter accounts um or like the two accounts that I've had in the past you will know that like I love language I absolutely love language but I don't give a shit about master branch when we're talking about black people dying, like (laughs) stop killing black people. And you know, I shouldn't say black people dying because dying sounds very passive. Like when someone dies in their sleep, you say, oh, they died. You know, when someone has an illness, you say, oh, they died of X, Y, and Z. You don't die of police brutality. You are murdered by police brutality like you know it's not a passive thing it's a very active thing it it takes active engagement from somebody else to kill you um but yeah (laughs) it's not funny like I'm laughing but it's really not funny but if you don't laugh I mean hey we will cry and there's been a lot of that going on (laughs) um uni Let's talk about uni. Okay, uni has been stressful. I think that is the best way to describe it. Stressful is such a good adjective of describing my university experience from October all the way up until, what, last week or two weeks ago? No, it was last week I had my last exam. All the way up until last week, right? Um, My university did not handle COVID well at all. So that amplified a lot of things I think my university was always disorganized and I think maybe running such a large institution it's hard to be like consistently organized across the board right but COVID really magnified the disorganization of everything um my first term all right let's I don't know should I break let's break this up into terms I think I will break this up into terms right so term one October to December things are going good things are going all right um my manager at work so pretty much um I work in an environment where going back to school is encouraged so much so they will pay for your um they'll pay for the things you need not all of the things they'll give you like some money and you can use that money towards stuff um you only get that money once you pass the degree (laughs) but you know they will help you and also it means that um the environment is such that your co-workers your colleagues all of that they help you know um so I was able to go back to uni and I did full-time both so full-time working full-time uni and it was 
hard, but it was a lot easier than I thought it would be. Like my stress with uni never had anything to do with work. I didn't find it difficult balancing or juggling uh, the time commitments, right? And a lot of that is to do with the fact that my job is remote, always has been remote. It wasn't just remote because of COVID. Um, So there's a, a strong remote culture. The kind of stuff I do day to day can be spread out during the day. I don't necessarily need to sit down um, at my laptop for my whole day. Um, I can do a little bit in the morning, a little bit in the afternoon and, you know, mix and match or whatever the case may be. So that makes things easier. It means that when I have to go to class in the middle of the day, I can do that because there's going to be work for me to do after class and there's work I can do before class and things like that. So first term... Um, By the way, I picked this uni specifically because they did evening classes. That's their whole uh, USP. That's their whole unique selling point that they do evening classes, except it turns out you're doing computer science, in which case, (laughs) why do you need evening classes? So my classes were like in the middle of the day. And that was cool for a while. Like my manager didn't complain about it. My manager at the time, he was super supportive about it. Um, but I didn't like it. Um, I feel like because I'm remote, I stay at home, I work from home. So I just realized how much time I spent commuting and traveling. And it just, I felt like it took too much from my day. So I was like, all right, Bundis, I'm not going to go to classes um, for like the second half of the term. I'm just going to read the stuff, the lecture slides and whatever, and just like make things work that way. And my courses at in that term, uh, the lecturers seem familiar with the software of like uploading lectures and things like this. So it wasn't too bad. It was actually pretty okay. Um, yeah, it was pretty okay. Term one, then Christmas happens and we had like a bunch of work to do. And then I got sick. I got sick in January, like literally January 2nd, I got sick and that led to two months of being out of work and two months being out of uni as well and so um being sick for that long and not being able to do anything I was already kind of quarantining so when I got better literally I got better and then the government was like we're shutting down the country and I was just like oh but I've already been self-isolating like (laughs) when will I see the outside world again Anyway, um, this also meant though that things were difficult for me. Uni became significantly more difficult. Whereas in term one, I at least went to some lectures. I could choose and pick which lectures I wanted to go to, which I didn't want to go to. In term two, I didn't have the option. I just couldn't go to any of them. Um, So that made things really hard. And for whatever reason, my lecturers in term two, not all of them were familiar with uploading lecture content. And so, bless the disability support department at my university. They were great. They were really, really supportive. And there was lots of things they told me I was entitled to. And I didn't really take much use of it. There was just too much going on at the time. So I didn't take much use of it. But they had loads of resources. And if you're thinking of doing a degree and you have a disability, there's so much available for you. But it also depends on how far your lecturers are willing to go to, like, help you out my lecturers in term two not all of them were willing to help me out which meant that there were some modules that I just didn't have any lectures for at all 
like at all. The only thing I had was slides. And my issue with slides is that when people make slides, they create slides like they are presenting and that, you know, whoever's whoever's reading this slide is also at the same time listening to you present the slide. But that's not always the case because sometimes people just read the slides maybe for revision purposes or maybe after the lecture or whatever. And there's no audio, there's no video, there's nothing to map these vague random bullet points to actual concrete thoughts and ideas because we don't have the audio. So that was my life trying to figure that out and I decided I wouldn't do that um and yeah it was just a lot it was difficult the one not the one thing but one of the things that really really helped was the fact that um I asked for help a lot well I asked for help and I knew who to ask help from so I didn't really fail in fact I didn't fail any of my coursework despite the fact I didn't go to majority of my lectures. Um, And that was because I asked for help. And I didn't necessarily ask for help from my lecturers. I asked for help from people, like within my network, people I know. There was only one person I didn't know who I asked for help from. And I didn't necessarily ask him for help directly. I asked Twitter for help and he responded and he helped me. And it was like, great, fantastic. And so that's like, if you're going back to uni, definitely don't be afraid to ask for help. If you're learning anything really and truly, don't be afraid to ask for help. That was like literally the thing that has been my saving grace. The reason why if I don't fail anything, one of the key reasons why I will be okay. Um, What else happened at uni? COVID disrupted everything, as I said, um, and highlighted, you know, just highlighted the lack of organisation within my institution. It's ridiculous. I had two instances where I was taking an exam and during the exam, lecturers emailed me about the exam, emailed important information about the exam. This is while the exam is going on. Who is checking emails during a highly stressful exam? Like, that's just, why do this? Why do this? Um, They did that. They um, moved our uh, coursework deadlines back, which was great because it gave us more time to do coursework, but they didn't move exam deadlines back. So what ended up happening is coursework just ate into exam revision time. So normally in a normal year, (laughs) what it means to be normal in a regular year um you would have like a you would have like a month a month and a half for just for revision so all your coursework is handed and you just have a month a month and a half for revision we got two weeks (laughs) oh man we got two weeks um to revise eight exams eight exams one of our our exams um one of our, I don't know, lecturers decided to make the exam significantly harder than um, than past exams because it was an open book exam. But we've been using past exam papers to revise. So if the content we've been using to revise is significantly easier than the actual exam, I mean, <laughs> how is this going to work, sir? How, like, what, how, what do we do here? So I cried in that exam. 
and apparently a few other people did too so I don't feel too alone in that that feels nice to know I was not the only one suffering during that bloody exam um I had a panic attack during that exam actually and it's just nice to know I wasn't the only one suffering through that um yeah I don't really know (laughs) this episode is definitely kind of like rambly it is what it is man times are hard right now what's useful to know would would I recommend a computer science degree um sure it really depends what you want to do with your degree my degree was kind of generalist it wasn't like too generalist but it gave me a taste of um like loads of foundational things and loads of understanding things so like there was a lot of math in this degree um stuff about computer systems and there was also like this really cool module that was more about um the non-technical side of of programming or building software I should say right and things like ethics things like workflows and methodologies that kind of stuff was really interesting things like data protection and various different laws and stuff like that that was really interesting we we got to do some of that um so it was kind of like a generalist course it wasn't it's not the course you would do if you wanted to be like a data scientist right or you wanted to specialize in machine learning there are degrees for that but this was like computer science and so you learn a lot of programming different languages i did java c sharp python and then bits of like javascript and css and xml which i don't really know many uh industries that use xml but i think the publishing industry still uses xml um but i'm not too sure anyway so yeah you learn you know bits and bobs now if you have time and there's no like rush to get a degree i would say and there's no rush to like learn the stuff i would say just learn it in your own time like there was nothing on my degree that I couldn't have read upon or learned about for free on YouTube. And the reason I know that is because I used a lot of YouTube to learn my degree. <laughs> so I paid, I don't, I'm paying literally for the piece of paper at the end. If you don't need the piece of paper at the end, then you probably don't need to do a degree. You can learn the content. The content is important depending on what you want to do with your career, depending on what you want to learn, right? The content, the, the content, the content is important, but um, there are other ways to learn it. Um, there are way other ways to learn it. There are loads of textbooks. I mean, tech technology textbooks aren't really my thing, but if you learn through reading and seeing examples and things like that, there's loads of textbooks, there's loads of websites. There's also like, books that aren't really textbooks but you know cover the same kind of things in really cool and interesting ways um so yeah I wouldn't the degree is not the only way to learn this stuff and so if you don't need the piece of paper at the end then you probably don't need to do a degree um is it better than a boot camp at this point a boot camp and a degree are very different things Um, I think a boot camp gets you more up to speed in one particular thing very quickly. So like you go, when I did a boot camp, I did like a Ruby boot camp. And so by the end, I was familiar, very familiar with like Ruby and Rails and stuff like that by the end. This gives you a little bit of everything. And for whatever reason, this year, 
I think that they just didn't plan things properly. So I'm not entirely convinced that um, there's any one thing that I would have been, if I was starting this without a programming background, that there'll be any one thing that I'll be as, as good in as I was when I finished doing a three month boot camp learning Ruby, if that makes sense. Because all I was learning was Ruby. Sure, we did a little bit of JavaScript, a little, a little bit of CSS, HTML, but it was predominantly Ruby. Whereas this, I spent, uh, what, about eight months or so doing a little bit of everything. And for three, for three of those, like if you take three month batches, um, each three months, I was doing a little bit of loads of things. So yeah, I think it really depends. Um, having a degree definitely gives you more of a foundation, foundational knowledge, gives you more of a understanding of the internals. Um, whereas I find my boot camp was a little bit more practical, um, not not loads more practical, but a little bit more practical. Um, so yeah, and there's just so many, if, if, if your only goal is to learn how to code, you don't need to go to uni for that. Um, but if you want to learn a bit more than that, then uni might be an option for you. You might want to look into it. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Uh, they're both expensive. So yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I think that's it for me. I think that's all I want to say. Um, I don't know if there's anything else. Was it worth it? I mean, yeah, I guess. It's worth it for me. It might not be worth it for you. Um, would I do it again? Not anytime soon. Um, yeah, not anytime soon. Um, but yeah, let's take a break. probably gonna do another episode where I go a bit more in detail about my uni like what I learned um I don't know is that let me know if that's gonna be beneficial if you actually want to know like the specific things I learned I think that's boring um but if it's beneficial I will do it um if people want to know I've been thinking a lot about what I want Lost in the Source to be look like feel like um it's definitely something I want to give more time to and I'm hoping I will be able to give more time to and so I'm thinking about should I do YouTube videos um I definitely want to do more blog posts but it will be more technical technical focus so I feel like the podcast is a good place to just talk shit <laughs> I guess um talk nonsense about tech stuff happening um and then like YouTube would be a really good place to like showcase or show like tutorials or projects I'm working on and building and blogs will be like really good place to like or the blog would be a really good place to show um like specific uh 
tech things or specific coding things right like one coding thing this is a method that does this and this is how it works versus youtube which is like let's build this thing together versus the podcast which is like let's just talk shit um let me know let me know what you're interested in seeing what you're interested in hearing about and stuff um i'm still getting back into the groove of things so we'll see how it works out i do I really, really, really do though want to show the process of um, building my dissertation project. It's not a challenge. It's not a complicated masterpiece. Not at all. I'm trying to get an easy grade, if I'm honest with you. I'm not trying to challenge myself particularly in this, but I think it's like interesting enough. um, And I think it touches on a few different things that uh, you may not have seen, you may not have heard of, like my... I'm going to be using a, the Twilio API to do some stuff. Um, and then I'm using Rails and I'm not using an SQL database. I'm using Mongo, which is a document-based database, no SQL kind of thing. So that might be interesting to see how all of those things fit in together and talk to each other and interact with each other. Um, I think if it does present any issues or problems, there will be interesting problems um problems I probably haven't come across before and I think it'll be interesting to document that so my dissertation advisor who has been great by the way he has said that I shouldn't publish any videos or blog posts or anything about the process until after I get my work graded so I have to wait until I submit and get my results back before I can do any of that but yeah that's just some stuff um I don't know what my schedule for the podcast is going to be. I kind of feel like bi-weekly was going well. And so, yeah, maybe we'll do like a bi-weekly thing again. Um, and that will be that. But yeah, that's, I think that's the end of this uh, rambly mess of a podcast. <laughs> um, thanks for listening. If you are still here with me, thank you for listening. Um, and I will see you next time.